It's showtime in uh, more ways than one. The county show season's underway. We're at the first of the year. We are now the breadbasket of England, in my humble opinion. Uh, And I think we should be proud of that and the, the standards that our farmers actually produce the food too. Plus later, despite late drilling, some positive words on the new sugar beet campaign. Despite the the sowing date being probably a a month behind where we have been in some of those years, it's amazing how similar uh, some of the agronomy features are that we're talking about. More from Nick Morris a little later. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. Good morning. It's day two of the Nottinghamshire show today, the first county show of the year. Yes, show season back underway. The Lincolnshire show is just a few weeks away, the Great Yorkshire following in July. But sadly, others, such as the Leicestershire show and the Royal, have simply vanished from the calendar, no longer taking place. The Rutland County show is still in existence, though that a few weeks away as well. At a time when those in agriculture say they need every opportunity possible to promote British farming... Has there ever been more of a time when such shows are needed? Adrian Johnston is Chief Executive of the Nottinghamshire County Show. Uh, Proud to be the first of the season, aren't you, Adrian? Yeah, um, absolutely. It's a unique position. um, And whilst it uh, does bring a couple of things like, uh, you know, horses that might be a bit excessively frisky, uh, it does actually um, mean that, you know, we can kick off the show season and people hopefully might be able to see the winners that they're going to come up against in future shows by coming here to um, Newark Showground for the Knox County Show. Now, the other shows I mentioned, obviously, are midweeks. We've seen a number of other shows around the country, county shows, disappear. You took the decision many years ago to move to Saturday and Sunday. That's proved a success here, hasn't it? It has indeed, Sean. I mean, uh, we felt that you need to actually have the show on the days of the week on which the public was available. Um, And that is the reason why we actually went to a full weekend. In terms of numbers that people um, uh, of people coming to the show, that definitely improved. There are there there are, you know, always two sides to a coin. Uh, But overall, we think it was the right decision to do because let's face it animals have got to be fed seven days a week um and so you know whether they're fed here or fed 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 back at the farm um the task has still got to be done and it's important isn't it i mean you know keeping the agricultural heritage is still important but showing it to as many people of the members of the public as possible as well will ensure farming survives um completely agree uh, and of course farming uh, when when these shows started um they were a, they were a a technological showcase uh, and that's why we we're delighted at how well the midlands machinery is actually going and this also actually given rise to some apprenticeships that we're sponsoring now um for agricultural engineering and i mean with really exciting developments like hydroponics which you can see actually in action and being taught at um, nottingham trent university at brackenhurst um, then, you know, of course, the technical um, innovation of, of all of our agricultural engineering colleagues that's needed to continue a grow- feeding a growing population. It's a really bright time, we think, to actually be uh, in, in, in agriculture for so, so many um, disciplines um, and, and offers very good opportunities for jobs. Touched on the Midlands Machinery Show there. We're seeing other shows. Uh, shall I mention Lama by name or shall I not? Uh, maybe, maybe moving um, elsewhere uh, into, into Birmingham. Uh, that's a very clever strategy from your point of view to put the Midlands Machinery Show in. And it is now building up the other side of Christmas and is more and more successful every year. Isn't it? We, yeah, um, thank you for that. We felt that um, starting that show at the right time in the farmers, if you like, budgeting decision-making cycle, uh, once harvest has actually been in, gathered, and, and people are 
probably planning and looking ahead, see what machinery they're actually going to be purchasing in, in, in the uh, subsequent year. We thought that was the right timing to actually to, to, to have that. Uh, and the fact that we've grown to 250 stands in just four years, um, and um, I think we've got over 75 already booked in and paid this year, uh, shows it was the right decision. Um, we want to keep its... its, its, its uh, actual focus um, strictly uh, around agricultural engineering so we're not going to be allowing loads and loads of uh, if you like um, gimmick type um, stands to come to it as well and the, and the showground itself i mean we'll, we will talk about the show in a minute i promise Certainly, but yeah. you know we're here on, on on the showground itself you talked about the midlands machinery show we talk about the nottinghamshire county show but it's it, it's diversified hasn't it you know it has a, a whole, whole range of events that take place throughout the year, and I think last year it was almost breaking all records, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we've carried on again, um, and uh, obviously we've got to earn the money for the the um, county show through our training activities. So um, I'm delighted that we, we held over 650 events last year. Um, actually, as we're looking out the window uh, in that very ring, uh, we've just had an auto sleepers um, rally. We yesterday we had two conferences, uh, and this is in show week. So you could either say that's an act of masochism or you could say it's a sensible commercial proposition to work your assets hard and being a charity we're obliged to do that so it underpins uh, what we're able to do and the great thing is is that we're then actually investing that money back in the site in modern equipment um, and uh, new halls well let's talk about the big event itself then the show full program events numbers up as well entries up yeah delighted to report that entries are up um, and we've got a couple of uh, innovations this year uh, those people that have kindly supported the um, Newark and Notts and the Nottinghamshire County show uh, as, it, as it's now called um, for many years will know two of our USPs are heavy horses uh, and cattle um, and we've um, had a member of the team in fact actually come up with an innovative solution for the um, TB issue uh, um, and we've actually therefore decided to bring the cattle into the middle of the showground. Uh, they will be in front of the George Stevenson Exhibition Hall, um, and the heavy horses will actually then go into a new ring where the old cattle rings were. Uh, we've adapted the, the actual cattle sheds into heavy horse stables. Um, so, you know, we're doing some lateral thinking here, and I, and I hope that people, when they actually come and see um, double the trade stands that we had last year, um, that they, they will be pleasantly surprised once again... Uh, at, at, at our show. There's always challenges, isn't there, in putting on an agricultural show? Uh, absolutely right. Every single year there's an issue. I mean, thank God that avian flu hasn't actually raised its head at this moment in time. Uh, but of course, um, that's not necessarily spread by uh, agriculture. Um, but uh, yes, um, and, and it's, it's a major public event. We go to great great lengths to make sure it's a safe and enjoyable event for all of the family to come and see. And most importantly, to learn something. We really want to try to push this one to educate our young people about the importance of locally produced quality food. Um, and, uh, you know, this, the same applies for all of us in the East Midlands. We are now the breadbasket of England, in my humble opinion. Uh, and I think we should be proud of that and the, the standards that our farmers actually produce the food too. It's an important message to get across, isn't it? Extremely important. Um, and uh, certain shops, and if they are listening, then... 
I, I find it sad that when peas are actually being grown here locally at Knots and Links to see that they've flown them in from Kenya, Egypt and Morocco. Uh, nothing against the people of those countries. I love going there. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, buy local because, uh, you know, the simple fact is we know that it's been produced to high quality standards and we know that by buying local you're supporting the local economy and most important Britain's excellent farmers. Adrian Johnston there, Chief Executive of the Nottinghamshire County Show, complete at the start with frisky horses. <clears throat> Moving on. Hope it's a good second day. Uh, let's get the latest from Open Field. Kit Dickinson has the news you need this week. Morning, Sean. How are you? I'm all right. Very busy, I imagine, at the minute. Very busy at the moment, yes, yes. And we've just had a new USDA report. Uh, so that's telling us all about uh, new crop wheat and the estimations and the uh, predictive values. So the world production is put at 747 million, which is down 10 million from the 1718 world record. And Russia alone is predicted to be 13 million down. For the US, the area is up 1.3 million acres and the yield is slightly increased to 46.8 bushels an acre. Lower winter yields are expected in drought-affected areas, but spring wheat area and yield is expected to increase. U.S. wheat production is estimated at 49.57 million, which is up 5% from 1718, which is higher than the average trade estimates at 48.36 million metric tonnes. EU production is estimated at 150 million, which is down 1.1 million, and the USDA sees the EU wheat exports climbing back to 29 million from 24 million this season. Wheat production is raised for Australia, Canada and Argentina. Although the 2018-19 global wheat beginning stocks are higher compared to the current year, reduced global production and increased global global consumption results in a year-on-year forecast of a reduction global wheat ending stock of 264 million metric tonnes. Looking more locally, old crop has been a tight week, albeit mainly for July and August, and consumers look to top up their end-of-season requirements. Values throughout the week have been sporadic, on old crop and very much dependent on individual consumer requirements. New crop could find more general direction after the USDA report, but will undoubtedly spend the next two to three months weather-watching around the world. Oilseed rate values continue to stay below £300 a tonne, and the old crop market appears to be finishing the season on traded values that haven't really changed for several weeks. Reasonable demand is supporting new crop values, although there is a lack of domestic sellers over growing concern of crop quality in certain areas. Barley. Old crop feed barley remains at a premium to new new crop, which is down on the week, but any consumer interest could spike a rise in the market. There are still many fields in the area that have been drilled with barley that have not emerged yet, and so yield and quality could be a factor. Global supply and demand is tightening, and providing the UK has its normal surplus, barley could be competitive to export out of deep water ports. Prices this week. Feed wheat for May is 148 to 150, but more indicative values are for June at 155 to 157. Harvest 145 to 148 off the combine, and November X farm 150 to 155. Milling wheat premiums on old crop are between 12 and 16 pounds, dependent on area and quality. And new crop premiums are valued at circa 15, but no X farm trade is taking place at the moment. Oil seed rate. May 283 to 286, harvest 280 to 283, November 290 to 293. Barley 135 for May to 137, harvest 133 to 135, 
and November 138 to 140. Feed beans for May are 162 to 166. Harvest is 158 to 160, but little trading at present. And November is 165 to 168. Human consumption beans and malting barley premiums are both struggling to find a sensible buyer and are best described as ill-defined. Thank you, Kit Dickinson from Open Field. In a moment, we're back in Newark at the Beet Factory for the latest from British Sugar. And Sean Sparling's here with his week in agronomy. The Week in Agriculture. This is the Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. We were at the Newark Showground earlier. We've crossed the A1 just over the roundabout at uh, the Newark Sugar Beet Factory. Now Nick Morris is uh, thankfully here. It's quiet um, with the campaign over, but uh, Nick, you're here. Otherwise, it's just me in an empty room. How are you? Hi, Sean. Yeah, morning. And uh, yeah, welcome back to, to Newark Sugar Factory and certainly a different feel to when you were last here on one of our last days of campaign. Absolutely. Well, of course, the, the campaign is, is now over. Um, Drilling is now underway as well, because I think when we last spoke as well, it was, uh, well, we'd just been through two significant snow events, a lot of rain as well. That did slow things down, didn't it? Yeah, that, that's right. And I think it's fair to say that uh, we all were <coughs> felt incredibly blessed coming through the autumn and into winter. And you know, I vividly recall that it was it was very soon after Christmas. Having gone through such a dry, pleasant and kind time, things changed very quickly and started raining the beginning of January and, and didn't really stop uh, until about last week <laughs> with, a, with a few uh, um, times in between where we could make a little bit of progress. So, you know, it has been wet and as such, you know, f- fundamentally, this season is delayed. We are um, much later than we would like to have been at getting the crop sown and certainly much later than um, we have been in, in sort of recent memory over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, that said, what what is fascinating, I've been looking back through my agronomy notes, uh, which I always record the calendar date on just for, uh, for for interest and to benchmark and compare from one year to the next. And despite the, the sowing date being really uh, probably a, a month behind where we have been in some of those years, it's amazing how similar uh some of the agronomy features are that we're talking about so you know the things we're doing on farm at the moment is uh, we're completing the uh, nitrogen applications with the second application applying first post m uh, herbicide uh, applications and and also just reviewing uh, blackgrass progress as well because it's really important we're catching um uh, graminicides on on blackgrass at those sort of one two true leaf stage and when you look at the uh, calendar date today uh, and compare that to previous years it's not that different and i think the fundamental reason for that is while the crop's been late going into the ground it's gone into uh generally uh very very good conditions warm soil plenty of moisture around the seed so once it's uh the seeds been getting put into the soil it's getting away very very quickly and it looks incredibly healthy very vigorous and uh, still full of potential so while we're, we've got a late start by uh, sowing measures, we'd by no means write this crop off in terms of its potential. And at the end of the day, I talk about it every single, single year, we know how we'll measure the potential of this crop, and that's uh, when we review the timing of row closure. And uh, if that uh, is in or around the third week in June, the week I really look forward to every year when we attend the Lincolnshire Show, then we know that this crop has got just as much potential as as any other. So uh, it's difficult to say whether we will get there by that time, um, but we we can but hope. And uh, at the moment, 
plant populations uh, are also looking really encouraging. So all the key performance indicators, despite the late sowing date, is actually still still encouraging. Mm. So although it's late, it's recoverable. That's a good thing. Yeah, that that's right. And uh, you know, people always remind me that uh, agriculture uh, works in cycles, and it could be cycles of profit or cycles of weather patterns, and uh, uh, remaining patient um to see those cycles uh, rotate is is really important and having come through a dry time we then went through a wet time and now we're in a heat wave um and uh, i'm always very grateful for the ability of the sugar beet crop to uh, compensate uh, uh with those cycles and i've got uh, no doubt this year won't be won't be any different so uh are we still looking at a record don't know um I've got no reason to say that we we couldn't still achieve uh, another record crop after the previous record crop, but uh, it's it's far too early to say. Ask me at the Lincolnshire show. (laughs) I will indeed, you can guarantee it. Thank you, Nick Morris at British Sugar. I know our crop doctor, Sean Sparling, is a big fan of county shows as well. Morning, Sean. Yes, morning, Sean. Absolutely a big fan of the county shows, the village shows as well, and the Newark show, Heckington show, rugby show. Lincolnshire show is only five and a half weeks or so away, and it is a wonderful wonderful thing just like open farm sunday to interact with people to get out there and touch things see these see the animals close up the machinery close up see the farmers close up that they're not the ogres that they're portrayed to be sometimes in the media so um, yeah i'm a huge huge fan and shows like the newark show and the lincolnshire show have managed to stay true to their roots the woodall shows the same they're livestock farming is at the core and it really is a great day out plenty to see and plenty to do and i this year we've got of course 100 years of the raf we'll be featuring something on that at the lincolnshire show but a little bit more of that nearer the time so speaking about plenty to see plenty to do that just about sums up agronomy this week because everything is going absolutely ballistic sugar beets coming through the ground in a absolute rush at a rate of knots um, same with peas beans the late drill spring barleys the linseeds everything's happening at once so let's start with where we always start the oilseed rate mid flowering now i've said before there's a lot of bud abortion and it is not varietal particularly i've got issues in the same variety on different farms i've got issues in the same variety on the same farms it seems far more uh, related to how much stress these crops were under over the winter how much rabbit grazing pigeon grazing slug attack cabbage stem flea beetle damage how they fared through the frosts i have a field near lincoln where the petals have gone white after those last frosts and we're struggling to set pods in those early flowered racemes um, but you know it's frost because in the lee of the tree, a uh, massive great ash tree on the side of the, on the, of the road, and in the lee of that tree, the flowers are yellow and it's podding normally. So it's not necessarily the frost itself, but at this time of year, when you get a frost followed by a warm day, it's how quickly it thaws out that causes all the problems. In the lee of that tree, it will have been much slower to thaw out, therefore the damage has been far, far more limited on those flowers. So there's a lot going on in the field. Bud abortion is a phenomenon we see quite regularly, particularly in years where we get adverse weather conditions throughout the early spring or a late start to the growing season which this year just about sums up with frost and snow and wet and wind and everything else going against us it is something these crops should 
compensate for. And if you look a week on uh, to where we were last week, some of the fields that were aborting buds quite widely are now starting to throw out those side tillers. We got some beautiful weather over the weekend uh, and that warm weather has encouraged those flowers to produce pods. So all is not lost by any means. And as we all know with all seed rape, the worse the crop looks in a lot of cases, the better it yields. So there's a long way to go to get to harvest yet. I haven't seen any seed weevil to justify spraying. We're at 20 pods set at the moment if you haven't got a protectant fungicide on to help protect you against sclerotinia infection you need to look at that because we've seen quite a lot of growth cracks in this oilseed rate for the same reason as i said earlier the rapid growth they've grown faster than they contain that growth um, and we've got growth cracks so that's an easy way in for things like sclerotinia um, so just be on your metal make sure you are looking at that and make sure you're in control of it winter cereals we keep saying or one of us does anyway sean um, that septoria levels are high yellow rust levels are high that still counts this week the septoria levels in the base of the crops are something to behold um, if you didn't get a t naught on for goodness sake watch that t1 very closely and don't extend the gap between t1 and t2 we're already seeing flag leaves starting to poke out in some of these earlier drilled wheat and the yellow rust levels in reflection in particular is again something to behold you can see why they call it reflection um and if you were delayed on tea, just for goodness sake, make sure you're putting robust doses of fungicides capable of drying out that yellow rust. And don't assume that you've got four weeks protection, because even with epoxyconazole, we're seeing rust come back in after 14 days. So if it means you have to go mid-season, then so be it. But monitor that job very, very closely. And under no circumstances, delay that flag leaf fungicide. Get that timed as well as you possibly can. I think we're going to need the SDHIs, um, the triazoles and we're certainly going to need the multi-site inhibitors come flag leaf timing um peas and beans weevils still hammering them quite hard uh, but just watch the levels make sure you're not treating old damage twice if you see what i mean um sugar beet again just watch the weather conditions once you get temperatures above 21 degrees celsius not only do the herbicides not work efficiently but you can cause significant crop damage make sure you're safe with the mixtures you're using make sure you're using the right amount of adjuvant oil mineral oil in with those mixtures and don't put adjuvant oils in if you're above 21 degrees you shouldn't be spraying in temperatures above that anyway linseed flea beetles still hitting that reasonably hard potatoes going in the ground now and we are getting blight periods um, even though they're not through the ground the blight infection periods are there so as soon as they are through the ground at rosette stage you're going to need to start thinking very very carefully about when you start that blight program and give that a lot of thought because there is some resistance out there to fluazinam so if you've relied on products like sherlan in the past you may want to vary your approach there's an awful lot of blight chemistry out there don't put all your eggs in one basket so apart from that it, it really is all go i'm starting at half five in the morning i'm getting home at about eight half eight at night um, and there really aren't enough hours in the day at the moment I'm sure you're not alone in feeling like that at the moment. Thank you, Sean. Sean Sparling from Sparling Agronomy Services. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. Yes, let's turn our attention to the weather then. Sunny spells today, 14 the high, the wind from the west-southwest at about 15 miles an hour. Clear skies for a time this evening, but clouding over in the early hours of tomorrow morning. We're looking at lows of six. It should be dry, though, at the wind from the south-southwest at about 10 miles an hour. 
Tomorrow, the possibility of a few showers during the day. Some uh, evening sunshine to come, though. 16 high. The wind barely noticeable, really, starting from the south-southeast. More from the north by the end of the day, around two or three miles an hour. And then Monday into Tuesday, staying dry but cloudy. We're looking at lows of around seven. That wind continuing from the south-southeast again, around five miles an hour. A mostly cloudy Tuesday, maybe some sunny spells peeking through. 19 the high, the wind from the southwest, 10 to 15 miles an hour. And then staying cloudy overnight with that wind more from the west-northwest, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Lows of a slightly warmer 11 Celsius to start your Wednesday. And then it's a sunny midweek by the looks of things at the moment. No cloud being forecast. 13 the high, the wind from the north, 15 to 20 miles an hour. And then the latter end of the week, it looks like staying dry good conditions. We're looking at highs maybe 14, 15 Celsius, lows at around 7 Celsius. The wind looking like continuing from the west for the rest of the week. That's the forecast. Next week, Brexit is back on the agenda again. There's a seminar being held on Thursday in Beverly, hosted by Wilkin Chapman Solicitors. It's focusing on what the future holds for farming families with Brexit approaching. We'll bring you some of that on the programme next Sunday. And the following week, we'll hear from the agricultural chaplain, Alan Robson. He, too, says big changes are coming because of Brexit, but fears many are doing their best to avoid thinking about it. There's a, a real tsunami wave of issues that I'm not sure the whole farming community are really getting a grips of. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of casualties uh, along the way, inevitably, and uh, the wider community, the church community, and myself as agricultural chaplain and colleagues uh, in that will have to find ways of being a safety net for the many, I think, who are not going to be able to adapt to the change. More on all that over the next couple of weeks. So an interesting diversification idea for you as well, soon. If you're at the show later, look out for me. Do say hello. I might even interview you. And who knows, it could be you on next week's programme, whether you're there or whatever it is you're up to over the next seven days. Have a good week.